Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap, Fightful.com. It is March 18th. This is the Wednesday Night War podcast. Although it wasn't much of a war, it was. I don't know. I guess you would. Liken it to the time where one end showed up, like, playing music and stuff and the drums, and they probably got shot and stuff, but we got plenty to talk about here. Don't forget, Listen Your Boy aired today. Uh, we did it remotely. Jimmy Van from his his home office in Toronto with his terrible internet, but FightfulSelect.com is where you want to go. If you want endless entertainment, myself and the man to the far, far right, we're putting, I think, like, three retro reviews in the can I might drop one a little bit early for some of you guys because we got lots of cool stuff to talk about over there, but that's the most direct way to support us. Uh, if you're able, I don't want to pressure people who are maybe experiencing some hardships, so to speak, to uh, put themselves out in that regard, but we got a lot of exclusive news on FightfulSelect.com. Like every day I'm posting at least something, but if you're watching on YouTube, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications, and if you're watching live, Donate a super chat, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. I want to thank all of you who donated to the Denise Swear Jar Fund. Uh, she lost a lot of bookings due to what's going on in the LA area, and uh, we were able to raise $250. I thought you meant that she lost the bookings because she usually works at G rated. <laughs> yeah, and they had me to too. cancel because she was such a horrible. <laughs> trash mouth <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was amazing thank you guys so much that is uh very important to me um makes me very happy that you all did that so thank you guys and hope you guys stick around with us throughout all this because we're gonna have plenty of content and i mean we're gonna really step it up i've got a lot of interviews dropping soon uh ec3 is dropped this week too although the magic city mania stuff a little outdated but either way we got nxt and AEW to talk about uh, I'm going to lead this one off and say AEW won. Uh, Warren, what do you think? Hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alex, how do you wasn't feel? Even a war tonight. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, obviously it was NXT, and I'm totally not in the tank for them. Uh, no, it was AEW. It was a, it was a, it was a yeah. trouncing. So, I mean, we can briefly cover NXT, but quite frankly, by all intents and purposes, this will be an AEW review because of the nature of the show. I got word this afternoon, uh, somebody, a, a trusted source said, no production meeting for NXT last night. Producers didn't even have to go tonight. And I was like, well. <laughs> and then I, I inquired, and a person at NXT said, yeah, you probably won't be reviewing our show tonight. It was effectively a recap, which <laughs> it's funny because we, as Alex knows, we do a Skype group chat to assign stories and things like that. And when the format change was announced, Jeremy Lambert, I, I asked him, I said, hey, what's the format change? He goes, just a Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano recap the whole show. And the thing is, I said, really? Because I didn't know. And he was like, LOL, JK, no. <laughs> he goes, 
but you got to credit me if it happens. And it did, Alex. <laughs> it did. That is exactly yeah. what happened. Uh, then some Finn Balor stuff. Then some Rhea Ripley stuff. I will say the highlight to me as I went back and watched the pertinent stuff was Finn Balor saying that all these terrible wrestlers had their best matches with him when they came back. That was cool. Yep. Um, I, I, I will say, you know, um, uh, and top of the evening to everyone, um, but uh, the the Gardano and Ciampa uh, video package, because that's what it was, it was an extended video package. It was a documentary about their feud. Um, and it's one of the best produced things the WWE has ever done. It's impeccable. Those two guys told their story beautifully. You actually could 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 watch them cross from being the story of one being the evil one and one being the good one. You could watch where the paths cross as how they describe the story. They show they showed just enough of of the of their match highlights and told that story as told in that 70 minutes that's the best wrestling feud of the past 20 years now it may not actually be but as told the way they told it that's inarguable like as 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 much history as they had going back into the CWC match and all that stuff it was beautifully done and i was watching it going 20 minutes in like if the first hour is just this you won't hear me complain about it and it wasn't it was even more than that <laughs> but then the rest of the show was like Finn Balor's going to talk now, and now Rhea Ripley's going to talk. I was like, oh, oh, you're not even doing a show; you're just doing like a. It's so it's come to this an NXT clip show. Like, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, and but my thing is, <clears throat> it's very well put together. And had this happened at any other time, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. But the fact that I've seen so much retread over yeah. the last couple weeks, over the last week, I have seen. Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half of original content, and that's being very generous. Uh, Warren, mm-hmm. what do you think of this? Um, we we have to preface all of this that we understand that these are exceptional circumstances, 100%. and WWE has to make do with whatever circumstances that they're that they're experiencing on the inside that we don't that we don't see that, and that that's fine. Um, so to put together essentially a a, a mini doc. Of of uh, of NXT over the past uh, over the past few uh, is not a bad idea, but it's very very interesting to have decided to do that when you are in the midst of a ratings war. Now maybe you can turn around and say, look, the ratings don't matter again considering the circumstances, but then arguably there will be more people watching television then there will then probably over the past couple of weeks because of certain circumstances. So why wouldn't you try to put their be- your best foot forward? It's kind of what AEW did tonight. But on the other hand, I like, like I get it. I completely understand that said, I'm not sure the complete origin story of Gar- Gargano Champa was necessary. Yeah. And I had people on Twitter when I, cause I tweeted this out and I had people on Twitter tweeting out and say, yeah, but what this will get the new fans into it. I have two responses to this. First of all, what new fans? Second response, <laughs> what about what about the existing fans? WWE has a tendency to yeah. not pay attention to its loyal viewers, and I would argue that the NXT fan base that is watching on the reg is your hardcore WWE fan base who are probably already aware of what's going on. And you know and as well put together as the package was and how wonderfully shot it was and how great the story was told, they are going to run this story week after week to make sure that we understand that these guys have a history and that they're moving forward and that that they were friends again and now they're enemies again. This is what w, this is WWE's MO. Every week they're going to pound this home. And then you sit through what an hour and fifteen minutes of it? Yikes! It was very some very strange decisions. And the thing is, uh, I gave WWE a lot of leeway over the last week because of the circumstances. And I don't know if what AEW did was practical or not. I'm not sure of the testing involved. I'm not sure of precautions and all that. But we saw what they did under the circumstances. 
with less resources, with less talent, with less preparation, arguably. Mm -hmm. And they put on what I thought was a good show, regardless of if the crowd was there or not. I thought it was a good show. And WWE... I could, you could literally catch up on every single thing that happened on WWE programming over the last week on YouTube. That's a problem for me. Now, I get it. Not everybody is like me and watches every minute of every show. But I do. And even before that, there's too much recap stuff. Mm -hmm. So now, oh, God. Thank you guys for all the super chats. Let's go ahead and get into some of these. Um... Uh, Justin Lopez says, shout out to AEW to put, for putting on one hell of a show. I thought it was a fantastic show. I was very pleased with this, and I didn't know what to expect. There was some confusion because the city of Jacksonville tweeted, oh yeah, unfortunately, Daly's place is, is not on the table either. Because from what AEW told me, they thought this meant a public event. And that was quickly cleared up. Of course, the city didn't clear it up at all, yep. which is weird. Eloquent says SmackDown will probably have a small crowd now. See, that's the thing. That that was a point of speculation in which we all had in our minds at some point. Should WWE fill this crowd out with performance center people? Or how about this? As AEW did, Warren, not even fill it out. How about three people here? Three people here? Two people over there? And it ruled. And and they were acting like fans, and it was fantastic. And at first, I at first I thought it was just Spears and MJF being really loud as they were betting on the matches, which I thought was a great motivation just to have them at ringside. But then you realize that on the other side, there's the baby faces. They they even did that, Sean. They did the heels on one side and the baby faces on the other, which I, I thought was it. great. And just the noise and the reactions that they added just changed the atmosphere. It wasn't a live crowd. It wasn't 10,000 people screaming, but it did create an atmosphere. I liked it. Alex, how did you feel about this? I, I thought it was cool because they, they put the some of the more loudmouth heels on one end that would jeer. And to me, it, it made up for that lack of the roar of the crowd. You got like this ambient sound that really made it made it better. Yes. Uh, I, I think there, that you could you could have easily had... Like in the back row, just somebody just boo. Yes. Just, just you know, it could have been a lot of fun. You could do whatever. My 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 thing with this is that you have this opportunity to like create these relationships within that. Like I don't how many times we've seen MJF and and Sean Spears interact in the history of AEW. Like I think tonight was it for me, and I remember it. And all of a sudden now I'm watching these things. And I I totally believe those two guys became friends tonight. And I, I, if you hmm. if you had to use Sean Spears on TV more, like why doesn't MJF get another dude to hang out with him to hit dudes with chairs? Like why not? MJF would totally say, "Well, now you're my buddy because we bet on these things together. How about you help me out here and you know attack one of my guys I'm feuding with?" Like that totally makes sense to me. That actually was we saw the relationship form in the audience tonight. I thought it was all really well done. So my fear is that WWE will fear that they'll be called out for, like, emulating or something and then won't do it, which I hope mm -hmm. doesn't happen because, to me, if something works, something works. Just take it, man. Just take it. Now, here's the thing. WrestleMania today was announced as being a two-night event. We have not discussed this on the podcast, but we're going to go ahead and do that. A two-night event. I am over the moon about this. It probably needed to be anyway, but the best way to do it the first time, not worry about the fans that have to be in attendance. It was also revealed by WWE uh, that this will take place in a variety of different places, which would lead you to believe they're going to tape some of this stuff as they should. I'm cool with the different environments. Frankenstein that show together. Give us something special. And then if you want to go back and do a real WrestleMania later this year, whether it's in Saudi Arabia, Madison Square Garden, the, the TD Garden, I don't give a damn where it is. They, they make the rules. They can do what they want. Alex, what do you think of this being split into two nights and multiple destinations? Um, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, at, at first blush, I'm looking at it going, yes, two nights is good. Because I, I thought they were just going to stick with the original matches that had already been made before 
two nights ago on Raw. Then two more matches were made on Raw by like people accepting accepting challenges to nobody. Um, and and so now they're filling this out. So now they can afford, I guess, over two nights to to add a couple more matches into onto the card. And yes, if every if if these things are pre-taped, you can edit them if you need to. Um, and they sort of it not it doesn't have to be live because it's not in front of a live crowd. That that's the thing with, with that it felt so alien watching SmackDown and Raw is them insisting on everything having to be live. And it was just so weird. But if you had done everything pre-taped, like all the promos should be pre-taped. All of yeah. them. It's no, it makes no sense for somebody like, hey, drive down here for 17 hours in the middle of a pandemic and give a promo to nobody. Do you like, know how frustrating mm-hmm. it was when I hear, I'm asking people backstage, and, and maybe they filmed stuff and they, they're just keeping it that close to the vest. But I said, hey, did they do any pre-tapes with John Cena? Because, you know, he ain't going to be there much, especially now. There's no reason why me and Warren shouldn't be talking about a new John Cena segment every Friday from now until WrestleMania. Because they could have filmed them all there. And this week, they could film a bunch of Roman Reigns and Goldberg ones. And as Jimmy Van pointed out, they can film the goddamn match, too. Because you want to know, best case scenario for Goldberg... No fans there to watch him fuck up. No cameras there live to catch him mess up. If he gets up Roman Reigns and drops him on his head, Roman Reigns can say, that doesn't work for me, Oos. Let me down. We're going to do this again. Let's get one of the Harris brothers down here as a stand-in real quick. (laughs) Um, The other thing about it is that the the reality of what is going on with this contagion, it will only get worse over the next few weeks. The the more people will have it, it will it, more things will be shut down. That's just the, the the way that it's going at this point. So the idea, like, let's bring everybody back next Monday, and then the Monday after that, and then the like, why don't you bring them all there for a weekend, film a bunch of stuff, and then let them go up and and. And shelter in place, quarantine themselves, so nobody gets. Because because what happens if it's the it's the it's the morning of WrestleMania and Drew McIntyre wakes up with a hundred and two degree fever? Well, then you're screwed, because then a lot of people got it. Mm-hmm. You got to test everybody. And what, what's what's your contingency yep. plan for that? Like it's we're 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 working in in a in an area that we don't know anything about, but we have to like start planning for possible eventualities, or else the whole thing could collapse. I have not enjoyed the Performance Center shows thus far, but I I have to applaud WWE for the approach they're taking for WrestleMania. Splitting it in half, quite frankly, the more nights of content, the better in the situation we're in. I'd love a night off here and there, but you know what? I think I'm going to have plenty of those over the next few months. I get the feeling we're going to have some free time here and there. Uh, To put it like this, me and Warren had planned on doing one retro review this week and then i was like hey maybe let's do three just in (laughs) case just in case so hats off to wwe for this warren how do you feel about splitting it up and going the route that they're going at gronk hosting i thought you were going to ask me how i feel about doing three retro reviews well that's great i'm excited for that that's i'm legit excited yeah it's going to be good um i i I, I, it's been a couple of years right that we've been Wondering if WWE shouldn't do WrestleMania over two days, which I really think is the most digestible way to consume the WWE's biggest event of the year, uh, especially since they have two world uh, title level uh, world level titles that they could easily put on the main event of uh, of both nights. It, Wrestle Kingdom did it this year uh, over in New Japan was a very big success for them. It worked out fantastically. Um, I, like you said uh, when you started the show, if you're going to test it out, might as well test it out with no one around, without worrying about the fans, without worrying how it's going to be received, and see how it happens when it's time to just consume it at home. Instead of WrestleMania starting at 3 p.m. Uh, with the pre-show, well, they've been announcing it, what, at 7 p.m. that the show starts? That's fantastic. That's that's a big five pay-per-view that you're going to extend over two nights. 
And it's, I love it. I, it's fantastic. As far as Gronk hosting goes, <laughs> that's going to, it's either going to go the right way or the wrong way. But if they're going to tape stuff, which I agree, I'm, I'm, I'm about, I'm ready to put that tinfoil hat on. Uh, I, if they, if they're going to tape it, it's probably the best outcome for him. It's not like he's a total slouch. He's, he's a, he works for Fox sports. He's already an on-air personality. The guy's got charisma. If I much prefer that he hosts at this stage of his WWE career than trying to get into the ring to, to do stuff right now because that would be a disaster. And I, I rather enjoyed like when WWE would run WrestleMania condensed specials on NBC. I thought they were really good. I remember mm-hmm. there was one year, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, an uproar happened because they used a Katy Perry song for Undertaker's entrance. And I watched it and I said, you know what? It didn't suck. It wasn't that bad. I got to give them credit for that. So I'm I'm infinitely more interested in WrestleMania now than I was three hours ago. So mm-hmm. uh, good on them for doing that. We have some major super chats. Thank you so much, Adante V., a $100 super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, he says, great episode of AEW. Great debuts and matches tonight, barring some minor miscommunications. Hope everyone is staying safe during difficult times. Shout out to Jesse the Buckeye. Get well soon. Yes, uh, shout out to one of our mods, Jesse the Buckeye. Good friend of Fightful. Uh, feeling a little under the weather right now. Hoping to hear uh, a positive, some positive stuff about her. But yeah, there there were some real miscommunications tonight. Like, Probably like four or five of them, and they were very evident on tonight's show. I thought some of the the Luchasaurus stuff, the the Jungle Boy finish, one of the the spots in the women's match. I thought, as we'll talk about later, that commentary did a specifically good job covering one of them. But overall, Warren, I thought this was a good, really good show. Uh, there's not much to say other than that. It was another. It was another good one. From the minute that it started, I thought it was really, really well put together. Uh, everything made sense. Uh, I, they they went. They kind of went the opposite route, right? Where they they just decided to to have an arena show with the pyro, with the full effects, the the full stadium get up, and and it worked. It worked because it felt like a show. Uh, like like an AEW show, they didn't hide the fact that that the arena was empty, but everything, all the pieces sort of fell into place where everything was really entertaining. I laughed out loud a few times, multiple times during the show tonight, which is not something that happens very often when I'm watching wrestling. But there were some sincerely funny moments that occurred that just everything felt as light as that episode of SmackDown we watched last week. And when Triple H took over commentary, everything just felt everything yeah. felt light and good, um, and and they delivered in the ring. That's the thing It's like they they put on their usual ten to twelve minute matches, and and it worked. That Triple H spot was inaudible, by the way. He did so well uh, on commentary that they they had him come back and do more, and I thought that was a good move. Uh, Walter, I think I'm saying it right. Chikay Jr. says, love your podcast. Thanks for the great content. We love you, Walter. Kristen Ashley says, this is a start a dollar store celebration gear fund for Alex. He's making this show tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So did I ever tell you, Alex, like my cousin is more like a brother to me. And we grew up watching wrestling together, planning out matches, all that stuff. And he says to me one time, yeah, I like those shows. That Alex is really funny. He's my boy. And I said, what What did you just say to me? What did you just say to me? He was like, yeah, I love his shirts too. And I was like, you said what to me just now? What did you just say to me? Excuse me. But but then again, this is the same guy that when I busted open WWE 2K17, the first person to catch his eye was Victor of the Ascension. So who did he ever beat? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Rob Wilkins, I promise we're about to get through these super chats and start this AEW review, but it's kind of good we have these super chats because we're, we're light tonight. Rob Wilkins says, Vince will regret being dumb with Brody Lee. Can't believe WWE did nothing. To counter AEW tonight, <clears throat> will Vince regret when AEW hits a million with ratings? 
I don't think so. I think Vince still has his head buried in the sand, but let's talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Why not kick off with that? Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper, is the exalted one. I love it. He's one of those guys, and I know there there are a couple naysayers saying, oh, he's 40. Doesn't matter anymore. And you know what? You get a year or two out of him, he's worth it. He can still perform at a high level. He revealed himself as the exalted one. They attacked SCU. Alex, I thought the reveal was good. It had to be him or it had to be Matt Hardy. And if it wasn't one of them, it had to be somebody bigger. Yeah. Uh, you can only imagine how proud Bray Wyatt is of his former disciple <laughs> leading his own cult now. And that's so nice. You know, like you just be proud, Papa. Uh, he, the bird has left the nest. Uh, but no, I, 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 I think this is great. And yes, you're right. It is criminal how, how poorly they misused him. Like, he is 40. And, like, I know he's, he had some injuries here and there, but he was healthy, largely, for the past couple of years. And, like, they had the thing, the Bludgeon Brothers, that run, as much as we hated it, a lot of it with the, with the hammers and the masks and stuff, still, he and Rowan were kicking people's asses. And it was Rowan that got hurt that ended that run. And they shelved Harper. They had nothing to do with him. You go back a few years, a lot of people really thought that that Wyatt and Orton match at Mania would have been made so much better by having Luke Harper there and forcing Harper to choose to like back up his old buddy Bray or mm-hmm. fight him for the title. Like there would have been a lot. And that was, I thought that was a, a really criminal misuse of him there, but I'm very excited. As, as he says to Christopher Daniels, not, you're not the first old man to, to not believe in me. And I, or the I, first I, out of touch old man. There, there you yeah. go. Uh, and um, I, I thought that I thought that was really great, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very excited for Brody Lee in AEW. A lot of people got mad at that, of course, because oh, of course, some wieners can't, can't keep WWE out of your mouth. Look, I'm I'm sure most of you were not alive. Those of you who are saying that we're not alive during the Monday Night Wars because that happened all the time, and you'd probably have an aneurysm by now. Steve Austin used to say it. At his hottest point, he would take shots at WCW. DX invaded WCW. The the Nacho Man and the Huckster. Jeff Jarrett cut a shoot promo about it. Jim Cornette literally had a weekly segment where he got to trash WCW. They had a whole, like, billionaire Ted, and then they had, like, old, old, old Huckster and the Nacho Man, like... It was funny. Old guys wearing the wearing the gear. I mean, it, listen, it's, this is it's it's par for the course. And honestly, if a very veiled comment, because if you're not aware of all of this, you don't know what he's talking about. This is directed at at wrestling fans who who, who consider themselves smart. If this bugged you, calm down. It's a it's a, it's the it is the most veiled punch that I've seen taken in a long, long time. And I was okay with it. You know, and it's interesting because Brody Lee, the the thing the thing is that he's, not only is he 40, but he's been wrestling for a long, long time. Uh, he, he's, he has legit indie cred. He was in FCW for a while as well. Don't think that he just appeared out of nowhere with the, uh, with the Wyatt family. He's been around, he's been around for a while. He did the FC, the FCW stuff. Uh, and he's been, if he wasn't the very definition of a company man for WWE, I don't know what is because everything that they put him through over the past few years and that he decided to go with it, uh, he made the best of it. Uh, I'm very excited for him and his this uh, next part of his career. If this if this is how he goes out as as the leader of the Exalted One, one of the most talked about. Uh, reveals and gimmicks of of the year so far. Uh, I mean, there's there's worse ways to end your career, that's for sure. By the way, guys, in the coming months, I will have a long-form interview, about 40, 45 minutes, with the former Mordecai, if you just can't get enough of this kind of gimmick. Uh, <laughs> Faustino Vargas says, thanks for the great content while we're all at home. AEW was awesome tonight. Keep up the great work. Uh, we're going to bring you guys some extra stuff, too, along the way, like, uh, there will be times where I, I ask one of these two fellows to do something extra, and maybe if they have the time, uh, it'll it'll allow for that. And like I said, good chance I make one of those retro reviews public that we're doing with Warren on Friday because need content, so why not? 
Eloquent says, Cody is the best babyface promo in pro wrestling. Uh, Warren, I'd say by a country mile at this point. It's I'm spinning in my head and no one actually comes uh, comes up. It's hard to argue at this point. He's so, so good. And to, he, it's the kind of babyface promo that you just believe everything he says. But the thing is, is that because he believes it. And if you let if you let your talent and your wrestlers talk with authenticity, talk about things that that are meaningful to them, they will come across as much more authentic and meaningful. And their promos will reach out to you much, much easier. He was talking about the state of the company when everything started off, you know, where, where they were. Well, the state of the world is essentially what they were doing tonight, then moves into the elite sort of. Uh, 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 bringing everything together over the, that was happening over the past couple of weeks, and it was it was poignant. I think that when I think that's the word we should be using, poignant. Yeah. It, it was it was a rallying of the troops, and I thought a very good one because we all know who the EVPs are. They don't reference it on TV very much, if ever. But I thought it I thought it was good. I thought it was effective. Kenny Omega instructing the pyro to kick off. And boy, are they lucky to have Daly's place. But Alex, something they made sure to specify, not specify. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But mention on the air tonight the next dynamite. The next time dynamite happens. They didn't say next week. They didn't yep. say the week after that. They said the next time dynamite happens. Uh, I hope the next time dynamite happens is next week based on what we saw tonight because I don't know how many more. SmackDown, Raw, NXTs, like we've seen, I can I can get through. Yeah, if they're gonna do it like this, I just this is this was amazing. I love I love this episode, especially in contrast to what we've been seeing from Raw and SmackDown, and also tonight NXT, which was you know uh, slickly produced interviews, documentary, video packages. It's not what this was, which was very wrestling heavy. Which like SmackDown and Raw were very wrestling light. This was very wrestling heavy. Um, but uh, again, once more for the people in the back, you can have no symptoms and be highly contagious. Yes. So if anybody can, af- can afford like 40 or 50 black market COVID tests, it's Tony Khan and his dad. But I seriously hope <laughs> all these people have been tested and are confirmed negative for them to be th- that close. Those people aren't six feet away from each other yeah. in the stands. And they're all sweating and punching each other in the face. Like, if anybody's got it, they all got it. So I really yeah. hope they're being careful. That's what I will say. Somewhere Smokey from Friday is looking at Kevin Durant and saying, how are you going to get coronavirus on your year off? <laughs> the breaks, I don't get man. that reference. However, um, I, I just, I'll add this, though. Because, yes, they, you know, they failed to mention, you know, is it going to be next week? They, they said next time we see each other. That's what JR said. Um, as far as closing up an episode tonight with all the, the reveals and everything, they could go off a couple of weeks. Like, this really felt like a season finale where they leave you with a cliffhanger with some really good stuff to look forward to. We've got the blood and guts match to look forward to. We have the reveal of, um, we have the reveal of, uh, uh, of the uh, the exalted one, we, we we even know we got closer to uh, to establishing a number one contender for the women's title. Uh, they even have, uh, and then it ends with, well, the ending. So we're we're all we're all just sitting there going, oh my god, I can't wait for more. And sometimes less is more. So if WWE continues down this path with the SmackDown and Raws that we've had over the past couple of weeks, which again we understand under duress, this is what they're doing, but. Uh, we're going to be all the more excited for the next episode of AEW. I think it's, I think taking a week off, two weeks off, a month off, it won't, it won't do them any dis, uh, it, it won't do any uh, uh, damage to them moving forward. It might actually help build the anticipation a little more. Uh, I do think that 
they should have filmed more stuff. Although if they're already there, you just got to put stuff in the can just in case. Just in case, put it in the can, have it ready. Some generic stuff even. Just something. That way you can piece together a show at some point in the future. And I was told there were no plans for that as of today. They want to be live. Drew Nicholas said there will still be detractors, but tonight proved that how AEW treats its talent is superior. Creativity is creative. How about that? That's the thing. I had so many people saying, oh, well, WWE's in a bad situation. Yeah, they are, but so was AEW, and AEW had a good show. Mm -hmm. They had a real good show. Reminder, guys, donate a Super Chat, any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. You can also get as many questions as you want read on the air when you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We do Q&A shows all the time. As long as we stay above 500 subscribers or at it, we'll have a Q&A show every week. So get those subs in, my friends. So we had Hangman Page come out, and he kind of lets them know that he'll be with them. We get a video package of the Death Triangle. Tony Schiavone interviews MJF, who says that He's out there and not wrestling because he doesn't have to worry about the winner's purse. It's not big enough for him. Uh, He's going to watch the show with Sean Spears, who is gambling on the matches, which is great. I love it. Mm -hmm. Then we get best. I don't know if you caught this. It seemed like he was also gambling on who was going to be the exalted one. Which is great. Like like when when it was revealed to be Brody Lee, he was like, I should have known. Well, <laughs> he just tossed his money in the air like he lost it. We ran the betting odds on AEW on <laughs> Dynamite on Select today. I'm just saying, you, Sean Spears, we, we've broken some news on you before in the past, and you tried to shoot it down until I came with the receipts. That's why you need a Fightful Select subscription, my dude. Yeah, good. Best <laughs> friends, Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers end up winning Orange Cassidy on commentary. He was slated to be on Katie Nolan's show on ESPN. She's taken a real liking to him, and she confirmed as much. It was, she confirmed by report on Twitter this week. That would have been a good spot for him. Katie Nolan, uh, a pretty prominent sports journalist or sports media personality out here. thought this was good stuff. Uh, you did have the Trent Beretta, mis- uh, again, a little bit of a botch. There were quite a few botches on tonight's AEW, and the thing is, I won't remember like any of them a year from now. Alex, how'd you feel? Lucha Brothers pick up the win. Death Triangle staying over yeah. big time and staying protected. Yeah, no, Death, Death Triangle. That's that. That's the correct. You know, team to win. My favorite part was was the uh, Trent and Chucky e. T hug. That wasn't a hug. It was an an elbow bump. Because yes. in these times, you can't be too careful. And I thought that was just fantastic. It was very self-aware, I thought. Yes. After it. the match, Chuck and Trent <laughs> challenge uh, Lucha Brothers to a street fight. And then they're like, ah, maybe a parking lot instead. And <laughs> Chuck Taylor, I-, I love the language they can use on this show. Because it really does add. It- and see, the thing is, when WWE uses that language... It does. It, sometimes it adds. About 30% of the time it does. But so often it's just women cutting a promo, leaving, mm-hmm. and then turning around and going, bitch! Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it does It does feel like a 12-year-old just learned a curse word. <laughs> right, right. And they're, and they're trying to see if they can get away with using it in mixed company. Yeah. And AEW, like, pumpkin-headed dipshits is a fantastic <laughs> term. And I like I, I liked how during that best friends uh, post match promo, when Chucky e. T came up and and, and and Tony Schiavone started asking the question, you have Trent in the back folded over, still selling the the low blow, and and you hear him up and you go, oh man, I got kicked in the dick. <laughs> so it it wasn't even an emphasis, you know, it wasn't like in the dick you know, where he had to yeah. say it into yes. the microphone. If you were just paying attention, you picked it up. I thought this was the, I, I love I thought the match was was a lot of fun. I I like the Lucha Brothers when they don't wrestle the the young bucks because I feel like when they 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 when they don't when they're not in a in a crazy spot, let's let's do a crazy spot kind of vibe. Everything feels much more crisper mm-hmm. and and their work is much more um credible, although I know I didn't know it's pro wrestling, you know, but, but you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, so I thought the match was great, man. The post-match, 
the the post match promo was super effective, fun, funny, like you said. It'll be a street fight or a parking lot. Let's do a parking lot. Everything just worked about it. And guess what? I'm looking forward to the match. Reminder, guys, when you send a super chat, we will address them as uh, they fit in with our review. So, Drew, I do see yours, by the way, and we will get to that. We had Hikaru Shida winning a four-way match with Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, and Riho. Chris Sab- or uh, Kip Sabian at ringside, he adds a lot. And uh, I thought Hikaru Shida was probably the right person to win this. Penelope Ford is getting better, and that's that's good because they signed her, and she was a ve- she was an upside sign, and they've got a few of those. Sadie Gibbs is an upside sign. Penelope Ford is as well, and she's getting better and better, and that's good. I do think that her her elbow in the corner is maybe one flip too many, <laughs> like it slows her down a little <laughs> bit. But I thought this was fine, and Hikaru Shida getting the win was fine as well. Alex, any any thoughts on this one? I mean, I think she is the right person to get the, to, the win. That's you know, that's makes sense. And we're we're, we're gonna get we'll, we'll see where this all goes. You know, I'm 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 into it. Um, I, I still think I still think right right now the swollen Baker thing is is the, the top women's thing that I'm into in 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 uh, AEW right now because I I think they're both doing great work on the mic and I love Big Swole in the ring. I think Britt Baker now she's turned heel is a lot of fun to watch in the ring. Um, so yes, Sheeta can be number one contender, but I'm super into the Swole and Baker thing. And I, I, I want to see more of that. Uh, that's the thing that I'm into right now in the women's division of AEW. Warren, I loved this goddamn post-match because Kip Sabian interrupts Colt Cabana <laughs> and Colt Cabana is talking about watching an empty arena show. And he's like, it's weird, right? And he was like, I, I like Penelope Ford. I just don't think Kip Sabian should have got involved. And Kip tries to go over there and bully Colt Cabana. And Colt, Colt is not a small guy. Colt's a big boy. And he, like, kind of pushes, slaps Colt. And Colt just slaps him right back. And he's like, you know I'm a wrestler, right? <laughs> like, I do wrestle and I will fight you. So we're going to do this. I thought that was amazing. Colt Cabana is having an awesome AEW run so far. You know, um, you've been, uh, you've probably been watching uh, BTE as well. I guess. I love the, it. I love what he's doing with Kenny Omega. It's the per- like, it's the perfect thing for for Cold Cabana for real. I, but I think the it's thing my favorite I, skit in the past year on that show. Oh, for sure, oh, for sure, for sure, uh, absolutely. Um, the um, what I gathered here as I was listening to Cold Cabana. Uh, in a relatively close-up interview, you know, with him just his, his mostly hit his face on screen, talking and hyping the event up and doing what wrestlers do. I'm looking at him and I'm like, my God, why hasn't this guy been on national TV before now? I, I've always known he was charismatic. I, I've listened to his podcast. I've seen him wrestle. I know how he is. But just seeing him in that position, just talking it up, and being so comfortable at it and so goddamn charismatic. I was like, I don't know why anyone didn't go, why WWE didn't try hand over fist to try and bring him back because he was there for a while and, and give him something to do. Uh, he's going to be such an incredible, incredible get because he's really the kind of personality that will transcend his wrestling career once his body can't take it anymore he's still going to have so much to give if not only for all the merch advice he can give to the wrestlers yeah he's going to be able to help in a a variety of different ways as you mentioned merch uh he's a commentator too Mm -hmm. Uh, he can train people he can wrestle he can do serious wrestling comedy wrestling lots of good stuff in that regard john moxley is shown being talked to as he's getting into his car. He still and, has the car. Yes. I think it's great. <laughs> Some fantastic continuity. It's like no one like no one filed a police report. No one's like, you know, Jericho, you stole the car, you left with the car. It's not part of the deal. They're just like, oh no, might as well just let him have it. I think it's great. I do too. He says he's not gonna miss blood and guts whenever that is. They keep hammering that home, Alex, whenever it is. Right. Uh right. Uh, up next, we get Butcher and the Blade versus Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express wins. Uh, some miscommunications. 
here for sure. Uh, Luchasaurus got to crit- like tighten some things up. Like it's mm-hmm. okay that he does all the flips and all that stuff, but he's got to hit them first. He's got to connect with them. Man, that moonsault that he does off the apron to the floor, I always think his head is going to hit the floor. He doesn't get yes. the elevation. It's scary every single time he does it. Uh, I did like at the end when they had that real weird-looking spot where Jungle Boy goes to run and dive out of the ring. Jim Ross covered for him. He's like, he was rushing to take a precautionary measure. Taz did the same. But uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if it was Butcher or Blade, the bigger one, Teddy Roosevelt, as as Alex calls him, was not ready for that spot, Warren. No, no, he wasn't. It was fantastic because you could tell that was the spot because Luchasaurus was waiting to pin Blade so that Jungle Boy could do his spot. And <laughs> Jungle Boy sort of breaks when he gets to the ropes and then steps out and then goes and kicks Butcher a couple of times, which was fantastic. You know, overall, I I enjoyed this match despite the little the little snafus. Uh, and I especially like I thought I thought Luchasaurus's kicks looked much more. Uh, much more believable and it connected a lot more as well tonight. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I really, really liked Butcher and Blades' extended offense tonight, especially Butcher. His his offense was so harsh tonight. Like he was laying in with some overhand chops on Luchasaurus at some point. I was like, my God. You know, he uh, he speaks softly and carries a big stick. So yeah, <laughs> I I dug I, I dug the offense from uh, from Butcher and the Blade. It kind of sucks that they that they lost, but uh, look, uh, Jurassic Express gets a win. I've been saying that they should get more wins. And as someone pointed out to me, hey, Marco Stunt wasn't involved in the match, so well, of course they're going to win. That theory continues to be proven true. We got to talk about one of my favorite video packages in recent wrestling memory. Jake Roberts does this interview <laughs> and says, Archer is not here to talk. Cody has shown them no respect and says they don't play games. And he feels like Cody's spitting his face and says it's time for Cody to meet Archer because things are personal. And we see the Murder Hawk Mansion. Now, for those of you who don't know, Murder Hawk is Lance Archer's nickname. And when it first happened, I was like, ah, is this a hardy compound, like, ripoff? No, it was... It was fantastic. It was perhaps inspired by, but they got Matt Hardy on the roster. Spoiler alert. Uh Alex, I thought this was the most creative twist on an enhancement match that I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) It was was amazing because, honestly, the only enhancement matches I've been interested in in the last several years have been bronze because he would do stupid stuff to them. He'd heave them over the ropes or he would – Crush something. They're, yeah. they're, they're necessary, but this one was so beautiful and cinematic and fun. Yes, this is this is perfect. What an amazingly efficient way to get your giant murder dude over by having this this pre-taped like like it's a it's a little short film. It's a little short film where he's in a backyard wrestling match. They have a little person MC, and he's like murdering dudes one after another who decide to get in the ring with him. Like he bashes some poor dude's head on a car. Like you ought, all you gotta do because what what hey, WWE they, would normally do is have him wrestle one guy at a time over six weeks, and after <laughs> the third guy, you'd be like, okay, we know that this guy can can murder men who are smaller than him. That's 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 nothing impressive anymore. But you just condensed six weeks of that crap into one awesome short film that made me go, now I can't wait to watch this guy versus anybody else. This was fantastic. What an, an amazing – this is the kind of stuff that I hope they start doing now. Again, one of my favorite things AWS has ever done is that awesome little, little pre-taped thing where MJF paid off the butcher and the blade to take somebody out by going into their actual butcher shop. Like, that was really cool, totally silent. This one didn't have any dialogue, really. It was just Lance Archer killing people with to a soundtrack, like, overhead shots. It was great. Loved it. Warren, this was, I thought it was revolutionary. It was great. 
I thought it, it was the the greatest use of backyard wrestling in so long. Hell, there was even a juggalo involved. <laughs> uh, the the and what what compounded it even more were these close ups of Jake Roberts sitting in this wicker uh, rocking chair. These really extreme close ups of him just looking so smugly satisfied, like he's like he's you know some kind of trailer park kingpin but he just looked so credible in 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 his role the the, his expression everything clicked like he put this together he's the puppet master he this is for his boy so that everyone can see how fantastic or how terrifying archer is then archer destroys this guy in the hood of a car my god this was it was really really well done i appreciated this a great deal bob harris sends a super chat says with my mom in the nursing home needed aew tonight hey we appreciate you being with us uh hope she's feeling okay hope she's doing okay i know it's not always a, a fun place to be but at least you're spending some time with her and that's that's uh an awesome thing especially in a time like this Drew Nicholas says, what do you guys think about AEW filming Dynamite at the Hardy Compound, Final Deletion style, for as long as they need? I think that would be amazing. I don't hate the idea. I don't hate the idea, especially in a situation like this. Um, I sent uh, Matt Hardy a, I think it was a tweet or a DM or something. I said, hey, AEW at the Compound. He said, never say never. And that was that was like before this was ever announced. I was just like, oh, I'll throw this out there. I'll see if Matt Hardy will respond. He said, never say never, so you never know. But we do know that Inner Circle will get the advantage at Blood and Guts over Cody, Hangman Page, and Matt Jackson. As the Inner Circle wins, uh, we get Chris Jericho cutting a promo. <laughs> he bans fans from all future events, which I think is so corny, but that's Jericho these days. He's so corny, and we all know that he can't ban fans, but it's the fact that he thinks that he can, and he thinks that we're dumb enough to believe it, like it almost works for him type of thing. Like, I don't feel insulted by it like I would in a lot of situations. Warren, how'd you feel about this main event and setting up to the big reveal? I thought it was good stuff. I thought it was really, really good stuff from top to bottom. Uh, I thought Jer- from from the moment Jericho arrived to his own music with Sammy Guevara doing karaoke on it and Jericho just corpsing the whole way, I thought was absolutely hilarious. Jericho was fantastic on commentary throughout as well. Uh, I especially liked the moment where because um, he had so many great lines, but when um, when Matt Jackson starts to do his rolling northern light suplex jericho says this is a good move a little bit pompous but a good move (laughs) (laughs) amazing um and i thought this was a real solid main event i thought everyone worked really really uh really great uh hangman page's pump handle fall away slam into a bridge is fantastic i love it every time hager's vader bomb is real good and we have to we i think we have to underscore that he's really really good at it um, uh, and uh, I like how, you know, Cody crossroads Ortiz. I think it was Ortiz, uh, but, you know, still couldn't – he didn't he, – he was unable to put Ortiz away with it. So that's still pulling out the finisher, but can't end the match with it, which I thought was interesting. And Hangman Page, again tonight, gets the hot tag, does the fallaway slam into a Pescado onto the other, uh, onto the other side, teases doing the indie taker with – with Matt Jackson, and throughout this entire match, the the story of the match here was: can the elite be uh, work as a unit? Because that was the whole that was that was what uh, the story was when they opened the show and when they ended it as well. And Matt Jackson and Hangman Page they still can't get along. Uh, um, um, Omega's not cleared. And Nick is taken out for an indefinite period. So that was the whole thing. Uh, Jericho did a fantastic job on commentary, putting over the fact that the inner circle, yeah, you know, we've never hit our finishers on each other. We don't drink at ringside. We're professionals. You know, the story here was super, super clear that the elite uh, are are working from underneath in this situation because the 
because the inner circle is a much tighter group, and it showed in the offense tonight. Cody was Ricky Morton plus two tonight. He <laughs> just ate the face. offense. He's... It was fantastic. After after Jericho goes on his rant about how well they work together and how well the elite doesn't and how they're outnumbered, we see a drone fly into the shot. That was such a goddamn cool reveal. So beautiful. Oh, Alex, this is... And we know how creative Matt Hardy is. We know how good he is at this stuff. Then they pan up and they show him. By the way, he was looking jacked. He looked great. Looked great. I mean, you see him in his gear from 20 years ago and he looks better now. It's Mm. incredible. AEW has a guy who, as we saw in the match with Ricochet, can still go. Will not have to go as, as often as a lot of other people. And perhaps even more important, he is infinitely creative. I've said this over and over again. He got he got over as an enhancement talent, so they got signed them to full deals. They got over as the Hardy Boys. He got over as Mattitude and Matt 2.0. He got over He got over when his girlfriend cheated on him. He mm-hmm. got over from that. Him and MVP had one of the most underrated storylines in a real dark period in WWE where there wasn't a lot of creativity. He got over his big money mat, and that could have went a while. Then he's like, you know what? I think I got something better. And he did the broken thing. And yep. he told me last year when we interviewed that he's got like two or three more just ready whenever he <laughs> needs them. And that didn't even include, you don't know how hard it is to be Matt Hardy, which WWE refused to get behind. Alex, AW got a good one here. Oh, my God. Yes, they did. Um, you, you go back to to like how he was the absolute hottest thing in wrestling, like among like real wrestling heads, like that the broken stuff like went over like crazy. People were watching Impact who had never watched Impact or hadn't watched it in forever. Yeah, like like tuning in, it was can't miss stuff. Anything that he did, if you heard it was going on, you switched over, you watched it. Like that was that was an amazing time. As, basically, as we were starting Fightful, like to have that as part of this, as the entree into that was amazing. And it really felt like, considering what they did with him and all the things they shot down that he wanted to do, they signed him to make sure nobody else could use his creativity. And tonight, we had NXT doing a clip show. Again, good, really well-produced video packages, but no wrestling. Yeah. I, I, I'm very, very curious to see, especially when you see how many people are at home when they might not be and will be tuning in to watch TV tonight, how big the discrepancy is going to be between AEW putting on a great show with a bunch of kind of cool reveals and stuff like that to NXT not doing anything. Yeah. Is this the biggest discrepancy in the ratings that they've ever had? And to have Matt Hardy debut at the end of the episode to, like, put a bow on it to say AEW is here to stay. We're getting, the like, people, the, the WWE cast off that, that say mm-hmm. aren't good enough. They're going to make a huge impact here. Him debuting at the end of this episode that might cement AEW as well beyond what NXT is willing to do, especially in this day and age where we don't know what TV is going to be for a while. It's so poetic that that Matt Hardy is is the bow on the end of this episode of AEW. It's just amazing. Warren, so, uh, any succinct thoughts on uh, Matt Hardy joining us as we're running short on time? But succinct, succinct you, you thoughts. Know, you know me better than that, Sean. Uh, the um... it's going to set this alarm <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> um. Of course, the comments that I saw a lot were, oh, another WWE guy oh, going gosh. to AEW. The, the WWE guys that they are picking up, or it's, let's focus on Matt Hardy, at least picking him up, is an extremely good get because you you talk to anyone about Matt Hardy, they will all tell you how creative he is. He is another guy that you can lean on to help put matches together, help produce matches and who can who has such a great mind for the business can help you down the road. 
And I think that's what Matt wants at this point. He just wants to be, to have a, an opportunity to have a, to to uh, have a place for his creativity to flow. Just have an outlet, and I think that's what AEW is going to give to him. And AEW is going to reap those rewards tenfold. Guys, you all can check out Alex on Fightful Select Sour Graps twice a week. Uh, we dipped right below 500 again, and we just got our 500 subscribers, so big thank you to Lee Lewis for doing that. Warren will be joining me Friday. We're putting three retro reviews in the can, but you can also check out YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes and check him out. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, I thought Brandy Rhodes did an awesome job on uh, ring announcing. Forgot how great she was at that. Uh, as Jeff Hawkins pointed out, Always got to respect her for turning down that easy 20 years with WWE that she could have had. And I love the tagline. Said she would never ring announce again above her nameplate. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, guys, also awesome. Jimmy Van is going to interview a guy who was uh, very influential in the LJN figures. Jimmy has the most eclectic, wide LJN collection ever. You can submit questions on Fightful Select for that as well. And we are just going to keep pumping out content. The Distraction Podcast, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Joe and Jeremy have tossed around the idea of doing that a little bit more often. So I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for all the stuff you check out. I got an interview with Moose that dropped today. Got one with EC3 that dropped yesterday. I got more that are dropping. I've got dozens in the can ready for you guys. Our content will not slow down as a result. Thank you all. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.